Mino Lion Media presents the Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Kevin Waits again, and I'd like to welcome you back to Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits. Happy New Year. I wish you peace and joy and prosperity this year. Uh, I'm just so excited to be back. Uh, I really feel blessed because, you know, just like so many others, uh, I lost a close friend over the holidays. You know, people are losing family members. There's a lot going on in the world. So, you know, on a daily basis, when people say to me and they say, hey, hey, Kevin, how you doing? I say, I'm on the wake up list. I can figure everything else out. And I mean it. I really mean it. And so our mission in 2024 will continue. And that mission is to continue to have safe conversations, conversations that we we, we kind of shy away from on a daily basis, challenging conversations, conversations about our differences with the hope that we can all somehow move forward together. I always, just like last year, I will caution you, do not get it twisted. Just because it's called safe conversations doesn't mean we have soft conversations. We unpack our bags around here. And so like many other shows before, oh man, I am extremely excited to have our guest. She is a powerhouse. She is royalty. She is a leader. And, and I want to just take this opportunity to welcome Dr. Andrea Diaz to Safe Conversations. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Mr. Kelvin Waits. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am over the moon thrilled, excited, overjoyed, blessed and everything else you can think of to say to that I'm here. So thank you so much. Good, good. I can I can just see the energy. The listening audience can't see you, but I could see that energy <laughs> beaming from you. Even before we got on air, you were rubbing your hands together. You were shrugging your shoulders, you know what I'm saying? So I know uh, this conversation is going to be fire. So if you would, and, and just for the record, you know, I gave you your, your official introduction, Dr. Andrea Diaz, but you yes. know, I call you Dr. A.D. You remember that? <laughs> I call you yes. Dr. A.D. because yes. you add, you add value. That's my little thing. You know what I'm saying? So when you blow up, you know what I'm saying? And you all over Oprah and sitting on Oprah's show and all over the country doing your thing. Just remember me. I called you Dr. A.D. And I mean that. So again, welcome. But listen, can you can you please just start out by telling the listening audience a little bit about yourself, family, background, education, whatever it is you think the listening audience needs to know about Dr. A.D.? So I want to say thank you again for the opportunity to be here. And so I can give you the formal, like, oh, I have a PhD and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and that's all well and wonderful. But really, more importantly, I am, you, you know, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, you know, I'm, I'm a daughter. Those are the things that I think are important first that define people inherently of who they are, you know. And, and I'm not saying those labels define you, but it helps to understand, you know, I might have an area of study and I might be very good at, at my area of study and very strong in emotional intelligence and communication. At the same time, at the end of the day, I'm a human being. And I have feelings too. And, and I am, um, I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. I am an egghead. I am all those things. And I'm unapologetic about it because you know what? So many times we discount who we are, what we are, what, whatever we do, because, you know, we, we, we're, we're concerned about um, the, the feedback from others. 
and to kind of, you know, if you really want to know who I am, I have a, I have a, a five-year-old daughter. And she told me yesterday that someone either upset her or someone said something. And I bent down to her and I said, listen, baby girl, no one can hurt you without your, without you giving them permission to hurt you. Mm. And I said, if people act mean to you a lot of times, because she, I'm not saying she's perfect, but she really does have a kind heart. And I said, it's because they're jealous or they want to be like you, or they don't really have the tools to be able to say whatever the case, you know? And I said, so I said, really, I said, no one's opinion matters except your own. And I touched her on her chest and I said, only what you think about you matters. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. And, and, is, and, and, and to the point of speaking greatness into your kids, she won't forget that. She will not forget that. And I do want to thank you just for the way you introduce yourself. You know, a lot of times, and, and you're right, people get caught up in titles. I remember, right. you know, I, I used to be a police chief, and I remember I had someone tell me one time, they said, Kevin, um, you're too humble. You're too humble to be a police chief. I said, well, what do you mean? They said, you you walk in the room, you show up in in you have presence, but when you open your mouth, you say, hey, I'm Kevin. Nice to meet you. And I said, I receive what you're saying, but let me let me let me explain to you something. You know, I know where I came from and, and you see what you think is my glory, but you don't know my story. So let me help you out. And I had to take him back to Harlem, New York on the 14th floor in the projects and, and, and let him know that, hey, I know where I came from. I never, ever forgot. And, and humility has gotten me to where, you know, had a lot to do with getting me where I am today. And so don't knock my hustle. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's that's what I do. That's what I know. So I'm with you on that. And I said to him, I said, you know, at the end of the day, when it's my time to move on, people aren't going to be worrying about stuff or titles. They're going to worry about if I was kind, did I treat them nice? You know what I'm saying? What, what, what kind of legacy did I leave back in my kids and my grand? That's the important stuff. So much respect, much, much props on, uh, on just the way you introduce yourself. Thank you so much. And, you know, I have to tell you that I, um, I come from a family, so I am first generation here in the States. And so a lot of my cousins and I are first generation. And so just hear me out. Uh, so they, my parents and a lot of our family came from, came from Guyana, which is known as a third world country. So a lot, and I make the joke that you either go to like Brooklyn or, you know, New York, um, Florida, Canada, you know, like there's certain like, like spots where, you know, where people immigrate and, and that kind of stuff too. Anyway, fast forward to a lot of my cousins are, a lot of us are successful, right? I come from a family and this is just facts of doctors, scientists, lawyers, no, so so when you get a MD or a PhD, I mean they're happy for you, but zero anyone is impressed, right? right? And the joke is, is that I was 28 years old, and my uncle sent, and I was out in Long Island, Freeport, and my uncle sent me out to pick up the mail, and I'm going through the mail, and my cousin shows up, mind you, she's today she's a general counsel, and I'll just hear me out, and and she said, um, and I said is Tyrone and she said that's daddy's name because we never called him Tyrone right and then and then she said and I don't I can't tell you how the the conversation evolved but she said oh yeah and didn't you know daddy was a sign I was 28 years old she's 29 like we were a year apart I was like 
uncle so-and-so's a scientist like i had no idea what this man did i had no idea you know and so my so i come from a family where labels aren't you know they don't mean anything and 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 here's the same cousin i'm talking about she's a general counsel of a fortune 100 company in 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 new york city fabulous job um and her mother will still yell at her and she's like, okay, mommy, yes. Yes, mommy. And, and it's just one of those things that it doesn't matter. You could be, right. you know, everyone says the president of the United States is the most powerful person in the world. And I'm like, you have it all wrong. The mother of the president of the United States, because the mother can go and slap the president in the head. Secret Service are not, is not going to tackle the president's <laughs> mother to the ground. You understand what I'm saying? So you guys act like it's the president. No, it's the mother. You guys better That's watch right. out. Like <laughs> Much respect. Much respect. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So what inspired you uh, to become a leadership guru? Because you are, you are a leadership guru. We're going to get into this thing. What inspired you to become a leadership guru and how did you get started in this field? So I want to say fortunately slash unfortunately, I, prior to studying leadership, I had not had a good leader in my life ever. And so it was one of, and truthfully, I don't know if I would have obtained a PhD in organizational leadership if a degree of strategy had been available as a PhD at the time, you know what I mean? Cause I really am my, my happy place is, is solving puzzles and in my head. And I'm the kind of person that I make myself laugh. So I, when I tell you that I'm that nerdy geeky, you know, that little like silly giggle person, I really am at the same time, they didn't have that degree. And I knew I wanted to do something more. And so I said, Oh, organizational leadership. Cause I already had a master's of arts in organizational management. So it seemed like a natural progression to keep going. And so I knew I wanted to study leadership, but I still wasn't like crazy passionate about it until I was a contractor. And I I really believe that God moves in his time, you know. And so I became a contractor at Fort Monmouth in New Jersey before the Base Realignment Act happened and all these installations closed down. And so I was um, at Fort Monmouth and I met um, at the time he was Major Schleichman. And I always tell a story about him because he was the first person to, and I remember, you know how you have some things imprinted in your brain, like you just know, like you, you remember the wind blowing and, 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 um, uh, you know, like the sun and that kind of stuff. Uh, and so what I found really interesting about him was that he, I was in his room and we were at a circular table. And he said four words to me that no one in my entire life had said to me. And the, and the four words he said to me were, what do you think? And I remember looking to my left, looking to my right, and taking my index finger and pointing it to my chest, saying to myself, is this man talking to me? And he showed, this was the first person that emulated the behavior of a powerful leader. And when I say powerful, not because of authority, but because of the way he was able to engage people and to get people to, to buy into what he wanted to do and to get people to want to follow him and to want to, I mean, if this man told me to wake up at midnight and drive an hour and a half to the Jersey shore to, to come work, I'd have said, whatever you need, sir. It wouldn't have mattered because he was that kind of a leader that, you know, and in the army, 
I never served because because I can't even make a fist. But in the army, they say ish rolls downhill. But he was that person that he said, no, it doesn't have to. It's going to stop with me. And so he could have been down the hall at the full birds office getting chewed out because we were working with the PEL, blah, 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 blah. You know, he chewed out. And he would leave that office as cool as a cucumber. And you could walk into his office and you wouldn't know that it just happened. Yeah. It was about solutions. It wasn't about, well, I got yelled at, so you got yelled at. Mm-hmm. It was, what are the solutions he gave? And this is what he said. He said, you know, have you ever heard of the competency, passion, and opportunity model? And I said, no, sir, what is that? He said, there are people who are passionate, but they're not competent. Mm-hmm. You have people who have opportunities, but they're not passionate about what they do. And ideally, you want all three intersecting. And he said, with you, Andrea, you have the passion and you have the competency, because I was already going for my doctorate. He said, but what you need now is the opportunity. Wow. That's awesome. So, Dr. A, did you ever get an opportunity to reach back out to the major and thank him for what he did for you? Oh, he follows me on LinkedIn. This man will never, I will never leave his fear. I don't think he'll ever leave. And I'll send him like notes. See, I'm the kind of person that once I develop a relationship with you, I've developed a relationship with you. And so I still talk to many people from the days of Fort Monmouth and this, and, you know, people that used to be my, when I used to be a college chair that used to be my faculty, formal faculty, and now they are, uh, deputy CIOs of, mm-hmm. of, of OPM and this and that. So when I make relationships with you, it's not because of who you are. It's because I like you, you like me, yeah, and yeah. and we just vibe. And he was just a decent, decent person. And he is winning, a, he's slaying it out there. He's winning awards left and right in the industry that he's in because he is that good. Like he understands the power of people. And he is able to harness the power of people. And I've learned so much. And even though you know how it is, you only come for two, three years and then you mm-hmm. rotate to a new position. So I'm extremely grateful that I was able to meet him because I've learned from his techniques. I've mm-hmm. seen his progression. He's, he's not only inspired me, he's taught me. This is what you do. Yeah. Always strive to be better. He taught me, I, I, I saw prior to that, I never really saw anyone have conversations, like mm-hmm. business conversations right. and how, right. like, you know, like, you know how people, you're always behind the door and they don't ever let that whole networking, rubbing right. elbows. Right. I, right. I never saw anyone do that before. And he showed me how to do mm-hmm. that. He, he, I could talk to anybody. You can be President Obama. Mm-hmm. You could be mm-hmm. the D- Dalai Lama. And I will talk to you in five seconds like nothing else is going yeah. on. That's awesome uh, because many leaders today do not take the time to pour in to their people. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like, well, you know, if I get you going, I feel threatened. Not realizing that we can all win. You know what I'm saying? There's more than enough people out there to lead. Trust and believe. Uh, so that that's awesome. You make me think about uh, a gentleman named Senator Greg Henry. He was, he was my major. He wasn't my major, but he was a prosecutor and I worked for him. And I remember mm. one day we, we finished uh, prepping for a murder trial that was going to case, going to trial. And he says, he says, Kevin, I know you're not going to be with me long. And during this time, 
you know, I was just trying to grind. I was on my grind. I was trying to do the best I could support a young family. And he said, you're not going to be with me long because you're going to be a chief one day. And I promise you, it wasn't on my radar. I wasn't thinking about it. I was just trying to survive. And uh, but he saw something just like the major saw something in you. And so it's awesome. And I and I think and I know you do it. We hadn't talked about it, but I know you do it. You pour back into other people the same way he poured in you. Uh, I, I know it. You know what I'm saying? We hadn't even talked about it, but I know it because it's that important to kind of keep paying that thing forward and inspiring new leaders. So that's absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. So thank you. It's a new year. Right. And I want us to help leaders get off to a good start in 2024. So with that being said, what are some some of the most common leadership mistakes that you see and how can they be avoided? So I think my I think one that probably makes my toes curl (laughs) that I see a lot of people do is that they'll promote someone in a leadership position, but not give them the tools to be an effective leader and assume that they just know what to do. And being a leader is not only about obtaining buy-in, but it's about executing that strategy. Do they even know that they need to have a strategy? Do they even know about culture? Do they even know about reverse psychology? Do, do, do they even know about how to have conversations? Do they do they need, know how to mentor and, and support other people? Do they... So if you want to have, a, these are just fundamental questions because what yeah. we do is that we make an assumption. A lot of us make assumptions. Oh, you have this title, then you then you know exactly. I just gave you this position. You all of a sudden osmosis has come into your brain. You know everything, and no one has ever said these are my expectations for you as a leader over the next ninety days. Mm-hmm. Leader doesn't mean leader of the whole. Con- it could be leader of a division. Leader. Are you said, you know, I, I was talking to someone who um, was is working at NIH and she says, oh, you know, um, we're building, we're expanding. I have new people and and um, I want them to develop their leadership and I'm letting them explore their leadership. And so I said, are you letting them do that or are you just setting them up for failure? I said, do you even know if they know what type of leader they want to be? Do they even know how to be a leader or do they just want a promotion? Mm. And and these are the skill sets. I said, and are you taking the laissez-faire approach? Like, oh, well, I gave you autonomy. I thought you were going to figure it out. Right. So right. are you, you kind of saying, oh, I thought you knew as a scapegoat so the, so the responsibility doesn't fall on you? Let's call wow. the spade a spade. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you often see organization struggle because of the same thing that you're talking about, you know, promoting based on the good old boy system or who you like, or, you know what I'm saying? Or even, even promoting someone who did a good job as an individual, right? And not giving them the tools. And then even though they did a great job as an individual, worrying about themselves and taking care of their work, but then you put them in this leadership role and then all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. And you're like, no, no, no. What's the problem? Do you see that? Yes, absolutely. And it's still happening. And the, the reality is, is that someone has got to has really got to take responsibility and step up and say, these are some fundamental. See, what's happened is the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And so people were trying to adjust to whatever they were trying to adjust to, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever that would be for, for every industry. 
Now they're trying to ramp up again. The first thing that went was typically training and development, mm-hmm. right? Those are that's usually the easiest thing to cut from a budget when 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 you do that. But then what happened if you're not and the the younger generation workforce has emphatically said we will leave an employer if you do not develop me. They've emphatically said this. This yeah. is research. There's research out there to support this. So. They, but they don't know how to because they're still now trying to, to rev up that we still have partial work from home, hybrid. How do I get people in the office? How do I get you engaged? How do I now start having conversations? Because now the employer had the, the we'll say the power. Now the employee, and there's this power struggle now. Well, I don't know if I really want to work with you. There's a power struggle going on between employers and employees. And so the reality is, is that, it comes down to, it comes down to leadership but it comes down what kind of culture are you creating within that leadership that you have this responsibility mm-hmm. is it one where i want to invest in my people long term and i want to make sure that they're still here with us because you know i like to say i want people to stay but i want people to leave but i also want you to come back yeah. cuz i want you to get some experiences and come back but see, what's happened so much is that people become embittered. They become frustrated. They become because they're not getting the the, the support they need. But what they mm-hmm. don't understand is that their leader doesn't have the support that they need. So they can't support you because they don't know how to they, they don't have to support themselves. So a lot of times we're looking at leaders like you're at the stopgap. Everything falls on you. But does your leader have this the not only the skill set, but do they have the tools, the mechanism, the support? system in place to make them successful that will ultimately lead to your success. Yeah. So it's, it's a whole thing. And, and it's, and, you know, I was talking to, um, she was a, a presenter at one of my conferences, the chief diversity officer of pager duty. And she was talking about, you know, trying to get her initiatives done in the organization. This is a billion dollar mm-hmm. company, right? Um, they're out in California. You know, how do I get my initiatives done? And I said to her, I believe what you're doing is important. You also have to know how, what language to use, right? I believe what you're doing is important. John, Kevin, whomever, they also have tasks to complete. So if you want them to do what you have to get done, how are, and I said to her, how are you making it easy for them to help you? And she paused because mm. a lot of times we've, 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 we've adapted this inward focus sense focus of this is what I want. This is what Mm -hmm. I need. This is what Mm -hmm. I, and you're not realizing the impact that is having on a grander scale. Yes. So the reality is if you want John, Bill, Amy, whomever that you're dealing with, right? If you want these individuals to do X, Y, and Z, what is it that's making these individuals tick function or whatever, what's, what's making them tick to say, okay, well, maybe Tuesday's not the best day because we're in meetings all day. Maybe, maybe Thursday's a better day. And I say, Hey, let me take you out to lunch and have a discussion. And then not tell you what I want. Say, this is what I see. What do you want? Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. And then (laughs) if you just ask them, they'll do it. Yeah. That's real. That's real. So what I heard you say was leaders have to engage the people that they lead. That's that's what I heard you say. And, and you know, I'm laughing because, 
you know, when my son was about 16, 16 year olds, you know, I could get probably five words out of him a day. How you doing, fine? <laughs> How was school? Good. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, and you know, just that age, right? <laughs> and I started talking to him one day. This kid, to, even to this day, loves the Boston Celtics. So I started talking to him one day about basketball. Watched the game the night before, started talking to him about Rondo and this and that, and he couldn't shut up. He could not, you know what I'm saying? And so it go, it goes back to what you're saying. Leaders have to do a, a better job today uh, of engaging the people that they're called to lead. Um, that's that, that was powerful. I'm, I'm glad you shared that. That's a great, great point. Dr. A.D., how do you handle, how would you handle conflict within a team? And what are some of the most effective conflict res- resolution strategies? You know, I think that it really starts with our approach and perception as it relates to conflict in and of itself. People assume conflict is a bad thing. Conflict is not a bad thing. It's just a word. It's how what we associate with it, what conflict is. And, you know, I think there's a balance in semantics. Like you have politically correct. I don't believe in going so far over, but I do believe in changing the narrative and changing the language. And so I don't handle, I, I when I say Conflict doesn't bother me. I, I I love that, you know, if I said, okay, um, Amy and 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 John are not seeing eye to eye. You know, Amy saying apples, John is saying oranges. What I do is say, Amy, this is what I heard you say. Explain this to me. Uh, and, and I'm just saying, explain to me. And I, this is what I say. Explain it to me so I understand better. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, everyone wants to be seen, valued, and heard. That's it. People want to be seen, valued, and heard. So whether I agree with you or not, and if you set the ground rules of saying we're not always going to agree, but as long as Mm -hmm. we respect each other and we understand where we're coming from, that's going to be beneficial. Then once Amy explains and then John explains, I say, okay, great. What resolution can we come to where is the middle point that we're going to have this and not, and someone's going to have to compromise, mm-hmm. but not to the detriment of, you know, and this, and, and what you, I also like to say is feedback should not be taken personally unless told otherwise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a different perspective. Yeah. I've, I've often heard that feedback is a, is a gift gift, you know, and, 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 you know, um, even in the, the, the work that I do and in equity and inclusion, you know, there's this, there's this G word that goes a long way for everybody involved. And that word is grace. The word is grace. And, and, and I talk about, you know, we, you know, as we talk about different people, genders, races, cultures, everything, we, we sometimes, can't really sit down and open up and tell the truth, right? But I think that's where it starts. It starts with that conversation. And if I can sit down for somebody that doesn't look like me and be totally honest and talk about my upbringing and maybe some myths that I may have heard, like, hey, you know, when I was a kid, all I heard was white is right. And so I grew up, you know, with that embedded and and as a result of that, you know, maybe I saw things, maybe I had certain biases. I've grown out of that. I, I know better. When you know better, you do better. Here I am. Right. 
other people tend to make themselves vulnerable and do the same. And once you build that trust, I don't care what group of people, if once you build that bridge of trust, there's nothing you can't get done. So I appreciate uh, those, those tips on conflict resolution and just dealing with it at the ground level, at the ground level. That's awesome. Thank you. I just tell people we're supposed to find solutions. That's what we want to do. We want to find solutions. That's right. At the end of the day. And, and you know, my dad used to say something, man, you know, older folks had wisdom and they dropped nuggets all over the place. And he would say, Kevin, always remember this. I don't care what time of type of relationship you're dealing with work, school, play. If it doesn't work, don't let it be because of you do your part. Don't, you know what I'm saying? Don't cut your nose off to spite your face, right? If it doesn't work, don't let it be because of you. Yeah. And if everybody does their part, what a wonderful world it would be, right? It would be. <laughs> Being a, a strong woman of color, especially in the area of leadership, uh, what challenges or barriers have you, you had to overcome during your journey? Well, the first one would be, as you just said, I was a woman of color. <laughs> Let's start there. Mm-hmm. Let's start there. And so, you know, the same things that you were just discussing about the the language that you, mm-hmm. you know, women to begin with are taught differently from, from boys and men growing up in that uh, when children are playing, and I, and I, and I, when I, okay, hear me out. I would tell women, if you lack confidence, it's not your fault is because you were taught not to have confidence. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say this is that, you know, um, when children are playing, they, they, you know, girls are said, you know, girls, you know, you should be, you should be seen and not heard. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to, you know, and hear hear my language. You want to be liked, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want so-and-so to be mad at you. You don't want to shine too bright because they're going to. And so you have been taught from day one to sit in a corner and be quiet and submissive. And if you don't do what I want you to do, then you're a bad person. That's women being raised in all cultures, not just a woman, you know, all cultures, this, that, Mm -hmm. the other little boys are taught encouraged to break out, encouraged to yell, encouraged, you know, and, and they're spoken to very differently. Oh, they're just a boy. Mm -hmm. So you're excusing the behavior. You're, you're saying it's okay. And then so when you're growing up, you're taught to seek the approval of your parent, parental unit, guardian, teacher, that kind of stuff growing up. Then you get to middle school. You're still looking at the approval. Someone else is going to tell you if you're worthy, if, if you get the grade, if you get this, you go to college, your professor or whatever path you take, your yeah. boss. You're always looking for someone else to tell you who you are. Hmm give you approval. My opinion should dictate your life. That's crazy. And so you never break out of your shell. You never break out into whatever life that you want because you've been told that you're not allowed to have it and that you should be grateful Mm. just to Mm. even be here. You should be grateful for a used stick of gum because I'm I'm telling you that. But someone else, oh no, but they're different. But if you say you have an attitude and so you're, 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 you're psychologically beaten into submission that if you, you cannot express yourself because then you're now you're angry, you have an attitude, you have this, you have, and you could just be sitting there minding your business. And you're like, I don't even, I have walked into rooms. I am telling you, Kevin, I have walked into rooms and I'm that kind of person that, you know, I'm a peaceful person. 
a peaceful person, you know? I come and I sit down. I've had people come up to me and say, you're intimidating. And I would say, I didn't even say two words to you. I didn't say anything. I just sat here. I didn't do anything. And I found myself apologizing for other people's issues. They weren't my issues. They were other people's issues. Yeah. And so once yeah. I realized that these were your problems, not my problem. And there's a whole world of people out there and that I have a choice. See, that's the thing. A lot of people don't even realize that you have a choice. You can choose to stay in that situation or you can choose to say, you know what? I don't like, and it's not going to happen overnight, but what can I do to, to move the needle? This is why one of my conference themes was thinking backwards to move forwards. Mm. If you know that you want to be in point A, there's there's nothing in this world to tell you that you can't do something. It's only society and yourself. Mm-hmm. But if Elon Musk can do it, if Bill Gates can do it, if Oprah can do it, why can't you? That's right. Now, this is not to say, why can't you? Because there's work to be done. Mm-hmm. So if you're willing to do the work too, why not go ahead and do it? So I right. have told my daughter, I've told my kids, because I'm not raising my son on the, I'm not going the other way, you know. Right. But I have told my children, you have no limits. I'm telling them yeah. now, you have no limits. You yeah. can do anything you want. And mommy's going to support you, and I will be your yeah. biggest cheerleader. Cheer, cheerleader. I want to do recordings. So yes. future generations in my family, God willing, I'm going to say, let me explain this to you. This, 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 this. Like, you know, you, yeah. you know, first and foremost, don't do anything to disrespect the family name because I will come back and yoke you. That's the first one. <laughs> Secondly, this, these are the things that you need to know. Like, you, yeah. you, you understand what I mean? Yes. Yes. And then to yeah. have conversations because I thought I should only, like, if, if you want to promote me, and okay, and if you only want to pay me, okay, because, you know, I should just be, and if I was, and then, here's the other thing. When you're trying to break out of this and if you're struggling in the workforce and then you come home and your family's still oppressing you. Yeah. That's hard because you're not getting to so so your work telling you you're difficult, your your family telling you, but you're not difficult. You just don't want to do whatever everyone else has already said that this That's was right. supposed to happen. That's you know. Right. Yeah. So I'm raising my daughter to be like you can I mean be respectful, be kind, but, you know, you have to do there's certain ground rules that don't change. But I already know that I'm going to be really great friends with the principal. I already know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that I'm going to be really great friends with the principal at my kid's school and I'm okay with it. Yeah. And so, and my joke is, is that, you know, if she yokes you, she had a really good reason because that's not her personality. <laughs> but if she yokes you, I'm willing to go in. And right. if she yokes you again, you know what I'm going to say? Well, What's you didn't that? learn your lesson the first time. Oh, so man. it's oh, not, you didn't yeah. learn your lesson the first time. So I'm going to let her yoke yeah. you because I'm not going to let her like suppress who she is. You know what I mean? Like her yeah. ideologies, her, she's not hurting the world, mm-hmm. but just because mm-hmm. of your issues, because yeah. you want to control. That's, that's not how, that's a no right. bueno. Right. That's not how, so we can break this. And everyone can break yeah. these curses. You can break the, yeah. you control the narrative, mm-hmm. not someone else. That's the whole thing. Yeah. For some reason, but, we think that we don't have power or dominion over our mm-hmm. own word. Over our own path, yeah. like we need, you don't need anyone's permission to be great. That's right. You yeah. know, and we have to continue to speak that into our young people. You know what I mean? I was laughing when you when you said how you teach your kids that there is no limit. And the funny thing was, when I was a kid, the term was 
The sky's the limit. You can do anything you want to do. The sky's the limit. Well, I grow up, I have kids, and I realize just like we just, there is no limit. There is no limit. And and we have to, but we have to speak it to our young people. Uh, one, one thing that I'll tell you, I'll share with you, it broke my heart. You know, I can't speak to being a woman of color, right? But I do have a daughter in the workforce. And uh, my daughter's uh-huh. an attorney. And she told me one day she was frustrated because she was at work uh, talking to one of her colleagues and she disagreed with something. She said, nah, you know what? I don't see it that way. Uh, I think, and the first thing that was said to her was, why are you being aggressive? You attacked me. And that, I'm telling you, it that broke my heart. I mean, I understand and I could see the pain and frustration in her face. And so, you know, I'm encouraging her and I'm letting her, and I'm like, look, that's part of it, but you you have to break through. You got to break through. You can't let that beat you down. You have to continue to be you because God put you where you are for a reason and you have work to do. But I, I, I can understand um, as a dad, that broke my heart. That broke my heart. So I do appreciate you uh, shining uh, some insight on that. How do you develop and refine yourself in, in your leadership skills? And what advice would you give to someone who's just starting their leadership role or journey? You are a reflection of the people that are in your inner circle. And so I was, I was telling someone, I said, if you notice people with PhDs hang out with people, other people who have PhDs and that mm-hmm. kind of, you, you know. Yeah. And so if you want to be over there, and you like and you like what's happening over there and you see something that you want to accomplish well who's over there i'm going to tell you a person that i connected with this woman works at the accountability office in dc she is also the president of blacks in government i met her last year at the federally employed women conference national training program and i was a, i was fortunate enough to be invited at the president's dinner i actually didn't realize what a big deal the president's dinner and i was sitting at the president's table like i was so ignorant of of so i remember when i showed up and they they took me by my arm and they escorted me to the table oh, wow. i whispered to the person i said should i be george jefferson this? <laughs> like oh my gosh have i just Moving gone up, up right? to the east side like am i in a deluxe apartment because i didn't realize the, the, How like, big the it scale was. of this yeah. dinner um that i had um <laughs> was had attended and i met the president of blacks in government and i remember saying and she was a, directly across the table and the first thing i said to her was oh, you're the president of blacks in government and this this was my next words i need you in my life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said, this woman's going to say, I'm crazy. But I was like, I need you in my life. I, I sent her and she actually came to hear me speak. Okay. And then, and then I remember, cause I, I wanted to meet this woman and I, and I just thought she was beyond fabulous, you know, anyway, like she was like who I wanted to be like, you know, like when I saw her, I was like, I want to be like you when I grow up kind right. of thing. And I remember I was talking to someone and she was walking by with her assistant. And I said, please, ma'am, don't forget me. I would love to get on your schedule for being a presenter for the Blacks in Government Conference. And my head was kind of, because she was walking by, so my head kind of went, <laughs> like, you mm-hmm. know, following her. Right. And she and she was at the elevator, and she turned her head to me, and she goes, 
oh, you're on the list and walked in the elevator like like Dynasty, Boom. like all fabulous. Boom. And I was like, oh my, oh, oh, like, you know, and my whole point is, is that never limit, you know, you could say, That's oh, she'll never talk yeah. to me. She'll, and then I said, well, God blesses children and fools. And I invited her to follow my company mm. on LinkedIn. She followed me. I was like, oh. Yeah. You, you know, and so what, my whole point is, you know, you say, how do you refine your leadership skills? Mm-hmm. By always surrounding yourself with people who you think are better than you. And mm-hmm. when I say this to you, you know, there's always something to learn. People, there are people in high positions who are happy to share information. But if you don't ask, yeah, you're going to get the no's. Right. That happens, right? right? But if you don't ask, if you don't take that leap of faith, mm-hmm. if you don't say it's okay, and if it's, if it's no, no is not no stop working or, or stopping right. your tracks. Right. No is next opportunity. Next opportunity. That's right. Find right. that next. But it may not be that person, but it might be the person standing next to them. Mm-hmm. And they heard you and they said, mm-hmm. come on, Padwan. Come here, grasshopper. Let yeah. me let me let me impart some stuff on you. And you know what you say? Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to learn. what. And if you take their approaches, I'm willing and I'm coachable. Yes. Yes. And willing to learn whatever. That's always been my approach. Mm-hmm. I have been blessed to meet some fantastic people because I'm not puffer fishing. I'm not peacocking because right. I don't have to impress you. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that you need to impress me, but, you know, let's talk. Let's do this. Let's do I tell people yeah. I like to know my people and people's yeah. not just black people. People are people. That's right. So I like to know my people. Yeah. That's awesome. I like it. I love it. What is the most important lesson you've learned during your leadership career so far and how uh, has it influenced your approach to leadership and coaching? You know, affirmations are something that a lot of people live by every day. Quotes, that kind of stuff. What makes you get up? What what makes Mm. you do what you have to do? And one thing is a quote by Quincy, John Quincy Adams. And it says, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more and do more and become more, you are a leader. And that's wow. it. If you're, and so I'm gonna say it again. If your actions inspire others to dream more, to dream, just do, just go ahead and do it. Dream more, mm-hmm. to learn more, learn more. How, what are you doing? When I'm on my phone, I'm mm-hmm. not just like saying hi to people. I'm doing research. Right. I'm right. How are you educating yourself? Yeah. How are you doing more and how are you becoming more? If you want to be more, do more, do it. You yeah. are a leader. And if you can help others do that, mm, fire all day, every day. And so you will walk in your purpose, your passion, your truth, because no one can take that from you. Don't worry about Elon Musk. I don't want to be him. Let him be him. You mm-hmm. be you. Yeah. And you show the next person and you grab that person's hand and say, it didn't happen for me, but I'm going to make it happen for you. And that's how we make change. It didn't happen for me, but I can make it happen for you. Mm-hmm. And that's how we change can, this generation and the next. I can feel the fire. I'm just telling you, I can feel the fire. That is, man, that's awesome. That is awesome. So, you know, we've chopped it up a little bit. We've chopped it up a little bit. I think we had a great conversation. I'm so happy uh, and, and humbled and excited you took time just to come out and hang with me. You know what I'm saying? I, I really appreciate that. 
So the tradition on my show I started last year was I always let my guests end by asking asking me a question. I just, about mm-hmm. midway through the year, I came up with the idea. I, I love it. I have fun with it. And so here's your opportunity to take your shot, shoot your shot, and ask me whatever it is you want to ask. And I'll do the best I can to answer. What is your biggest wig, wildly important goal? So when you move from labor to reward, mm. and before you close your eyes, you're going to be like, I did it. Ooh. What's that one thing that you're like, I don't care what happened in life, I did it. What is it? Man, honestly, mm, that is tough. But but it, it, it and I'll explain it this way. I want my, I have three grandkids right now, Major, Nolan, and Kevin Anthony Waits the third. We call him Trip, right? And I'm actually working on a book right now, a book project. And are you a believer? Do you believe? All day, okay. every right. day. So has God ever told you to do something that you did not want to do or you were reluctant to do? So God has been hitting me with this book, right? That I that I really don't didn't want to write, but it, it just kept pounding me. And the I'll tell you the name of the book. The book is called Favored from Last to First. And it centers around Matthew 2016, which says that the first will be last and the last will be first. Many are called, but few are chosen. And I'm writing the book because I want my grandkids to be able to understand that it doesn't matter where you start. At one point in your life, you may seem like you're in last place, but the switch up will happen. You know what I'm saying? And you will go from being last to first. So that, to answer your question, complete that book project. Not, of course, I hope I sell a million copies, right? But complete that book project to leave that legacy for my grandkids. You know what I'm saying? That's that's that'll be big for me. That'll be big for me. I appreciate that question. That was a that was a tough one. That was a tough one. But uh, it was right on time. Right on time. So, what you think about that? I love it. I'm yeah. all in 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I'm unapologetic. I mean, you see this tiara. They can't see this see tiara, it. but you know yeah. me. I rock up my tiara all I the time. I, I took it off for a couple of days, you know, mm-hmm. and I, for, you know, cause I was on like Christmas breaks and just right. hanging out with family. So <laughs> but I was like, oh no, we are back. We are, we are in. I am all in. Let's That's go do up. this because, and people say, well, why do you wear this? And because you know why? I mean, I, I would not wear this to certain meetings, obviously, I understand, not yeah. A, yeah. you know. But this is, you know what, this is like my little, when I said not really defiance, but if it makes you feel good, why Mm -hmm. not do it? Why not? Life is so short and it's so precious. And we put all these restrictions on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people have stopped putting restrictions and we keep just adding more because we think someone is going to say this and we think this is good. That's craziness. Yeah. That's craziness. And so if this blows out your day in a bad way, Mm -hmm. I am so sorry for you, but. I make sure to wear this when I go to the doctor, when I go mm-hmm. to the grocery store. And, you know, I even wore this to my son's soccer game. I was sitting there in, the, in, in those little lounge chairs and my daughter's putting stickers all over my hands mm-hmm. and I'm sitting and I have my tiara on and, and the fathers of the side, you know, my husband's coaching and I'm just mm-hmm. off on the sidelines. And I had the fathers coming up to me saying, wow, 
is it your birthday? It's like, no. <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. I, you know, I've really oh. enjoyed chopping it up with you. Um, so tell me this. If someone wanted to get a hold of and learn more about Dr. Diaz, how would they find you? How can they check you out? Oh, you can. I am on all the social media. LinkedIn is the best way. US-leadership.com is my company website. I am on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, but really just going to my website or going to LinkedIn. I accept connection requests. And please, I humbly ask you to follow my company. I am so proud to say that we have 3,000 followers. And that's a huge thing for not only a small, you know, a woman-owned small business, but... Mm -hmm a black woman, you, yeah. you know, a minority yeah. to say, I built this company. I, I and, and I did it unapologetically and I did it on my own terms, breaking conversations, you know, not worrying so much about what other people are going to think because you're going to mm -hmm. find the right people for you. Someone's waiting because not everyone has the wherewithal, the, the, the bandwidth, the broad back, to take on some of these things. And so mm -hmm. I appreciate because not everyone can do everything. And so I'll do my part. You do your part. And if we all do a little bit, then the next generation and the generation after that, they don't have to go through what we went through, but we will That's put right. here. So they don't have to. Right. Absolutely. Well, I, I appreciate you again, once again, coming on the show. Would you come back? I would come back a thousand times over and thank you for having me. And thank you for having these wonderful conversations. Awesome. Awesome. All right. You've heard from Dr. Andrea Diaz, the leadership guru, Dr. A.D., because she adds value. Uh, thank you again for listening to a new episode of Safe Conversations. Happy New Year. I wish you uh, prosperity and peace in 2024. Until next time. Peace. The Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast is hosted and produced by Kevin Waits. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find the Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcasts. Find Kevin Waits on Facebook at Kevin Waits and join the Safe Conversations group. Follow the Mino Line Media Podcast Network on IG at Mino Line Media. Get the Mino Line Media app in the App Store or Google Play. The Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast is a Mean Old Line Media production.